America is brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch, sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360, brought to you by Pfizer. ABC News Nightline, brought to you by Pfizer. Making a difference, brought to you by Pfizer. CNN Tonight, brought to you by Pfizer. Early start, brought to you by Pfizer. Friday night on Aaron Burnett out front. Brought to you by Pfizer. This week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you by Pfizer. This letter report brought to you by Pfizer. Today's countdown to the royal wedding is brought to you by Pfizer. And now a CBS Sports update brought to you by Pfizer. Meet the press. Data download. Brought to you by Pfizer. This portion of CBS This Morning sponsored by Pfizer. On how to find the hidden sugars in the American family diet. Sponsored by Pfizer. You're in the war room. It's Monday, 27 February, year of our Lord, 2023, and we are most certainly not sponsored by Pfizer. Yes, we should nationalize Big Pharma. And people say, hey, he said this, he was so it's not socialistic. You, you, you nationalize them, you clean it up, you get rid of all these dirt bags, you clean it up, then you spin it back off to public shareholders. You, you do an IPO. That happens all the time. These things are so corrupt. They've infiltrated the government so much. They're working against the American people, and it's all going to come out. This is going to be the hardest one to come out because their lobbyists are just as powerful, maybe more powerful than big tech. We're going to get to all that. Uh, we are um, absolutely jammed up here in the second hour, but we're going to get to all of it. Uh, first, I want to go to Oklahoma City. had an incredible event with one of the most important grassroots organizations, the Oklahoma County GOP, real fighters out there leading the way on showing us how to get done and it's inspiration to everybody on the precinct strategy and all that. Margaret Best joins us. Margaret, I just want to say thank you so much for having us out there. Because of the weather, it was kind of in and out. We didn't get enough time. I wanted to meet everybody and spend time, but the weather was pretty er uh, horrific and I just want to make sure everybody's safe from last night because it got worse last night. But just, I want to thank you so much for having us out there. Yes, thank you, Steve. We were honored. Kathy and I were so blessed to work with your team. I know, um, you know, you were delayed a little bit in getting here, but you were so gracious to come in and speak to all of our um, guests and uh, take pictures, shake their hands. It was it was literally the highlight of their year, and we had a huge success. We were sold out. Tickets were even being bought an hour into the program. So we had about 500 people listening to you, um, really encouraged. And it wasn't an easy event. Um, it wasn't the easiest event, I should say, I've been a part of, just because we've had really a fight within our own parties, people being afraid to stand up to the establishment. But you were so encouraging, and everybody was talking about after you left that one, one of the things you said is, we don't need unity but victory. And we will unite on our terms. And our children were there um, to hear you. My own children, my uh, Kathy, so many kids and young Republicans were able to come to this. And they were, they were incredibly excited just to go get involved in their high schools, college campuses, because they are up fighting against the woke culture. So thank you for all of your words. That was the, the that's it. It's, it's, it's victory. Right. We're, we're not going to yeah. unite. Unite means we're going to compromise and we're not going to compromise. We're on the side no. of the righteous right now. Uh, Margaret, right. thank you so much. How do people get to the Oklahoma? Because it's so many lessons you guys can teach the rest of the country. That's why I came out there. It was that important. Plus, I got to tell the folks, the uh, the Western, the Museum of Western Heritage is one of the most unique museums I've yeah. ever seen. I've seen museums all over the world. Everybody, Oklahoma City should be a destination 
for every family in this country should take their children there. You will, it will blow you away. It's absolutely spectacular. I can't, I can't say enough about it. Margaret, how do people get to your website to find out more about the museum and more about, uh, and more about uh, the Oklahoma County GOP? Well, the Oklahoma County GOP's website is okcogop.com. We have all the information there. Um, we've got, you know, how, how to get involved at the grassroots level, your precincts. We're having a huge um, county convention coming up on March 11th. Um, and the, you're right, the museum, the venue, we were incredibly blessed to be able to have this event there. It really represents our own heritage of pioneers who fought for this country. And you can look that up at the Oklahoma, uh, it's called the Oklahoma Western and Heritage Museum. And it is a fantastic um, place to, to, to visit. And Oklahoma is just a great, it's a great state to live in. I mean, like President Trump said in his video, you know, we're the reddest state in the United States, all 77 counties voted for him. But I will tell you that the county is slowly turning blue and the grassroots conservatives cannot get up. We have to keep fighting. We have to fight. Victory, yeah. not unity. Uh, yeah. Margaret, thank you so much. Honored to be out there. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Look forward to seeing you again. Th- thank you, ma'am. Bye. Thank you. By the way, Oklahoma City ought to be a destination. That museum should be a family destination. Dump Disney World, dump Disneyland, dump all that grooming, dump all that crap that's there. Take them out and see the pioneer spirit, the frontier spirit. It, it, I tell you, your kids will be blown away. And what a life lesson. Uh, let's go talk about uh, the pioneer spirit, the toughest of the tough. Ben Burkwan. Ben, you're in East Palestine, Ohio, because we have these people's back. Tell me what you got, sir. Hey, Steve, I just want to show you we're back here. I'm, I'm in the center of town. I'm less than a mile away from the disaster site. I was here over the weekend. I was interviewing one of the local, uh, he's, he's an independent tester, who said it's going to take up to two more weeks just to get the results. And I just want to show you uh, what this looks like. We're going to do this in real time. I'm going to move the camera over here. This is the water that flows in that uh, we're being told is safe already. And I'm just going to throw a couple bricks into it. And you tell me what you see come out of there. This is what the people of East Palestine are being told is safe water. I asked the guy, I asked the scientist what those bubbles were because it comes up and it pops and you can taste it. You can smell it and you can taste it. It almost has, if you've ever dissected a, a dead pig, it has that sweet kind of death smell to it or taste to it. And every time that happens, every time that sediment is disturbed, that happens. Now what's ironic is you've got these hay bales right there. I went four miles, I actually went 13 miles downstream to where the water meets the Ohio River. And all the way down, I went four miles out of town and the same thing happens. And all I can think about when I see these hay bales right here is it's almost like the masks they made us wear for the last two and a half years telling us that this is gonna keep it safe. As soon as you go past that hay bale right there into that water, the exact same thing happens. It's all performative. It's yeah. 100% performative. It ben, is. we got a lot more to do about East Palestine. I got to bounce. You're going to go. You're, Ben's going to go I, to I, another location because we're going to finish. I've got up, a great. Uptick. We're going to. We're going to. We're going to finish on a high note today, Steve. We're going to finish on a high note. I'm going to take you somewhere okay. really, really neat that I had the opportunity to be at this weekend. Perfect, Ben Burke. I hadn't slept in about seven days. Ben, thank you so much. We'll see you later in the show, brother. Thank you, sir. Okay, we're only taking on the biggest issues. All signal, no noise. Uh, I got Russ vote is the tip of the spear 
in my talk in Oklahoma City, I talked about the two things. I talked about this global geopolitical crisis, this war they're trying to drag us into the, on the Eurasian landmass without focusing on us taking down our existential threat, the Chinese Communist Party. The other, and Russ, what I did, uh, Russ Folk joins us, I held up that newspaper, the New York Times, that has the $19 trillion of new debt, the CBO's report. Russ Vogt told you this months ago before CBO came out. He told you exactly what the math was going to do. Now, CBO just reinforced it, and I actually think they're pretty conservative on this. Russ, what people want to know is how bad is it going to get? Is the CBO report correct? And what are we going to do in this Congress, with this House, to stop the madness? Because if we don't stop it, and they had the great article in the Washington Post that showed that Russ is the architect here of how to stop it. If we don't stop it, the country's over, brother. If we don't stop this, the country's over. Russ, vote. Yeah, this is one of the biggest fights of, of our lifetime, Steve. And, and we, we have two, two fights right now that need to be indelibly linked. And, and one is the regime, the woke and weaponized bureaucracy, the administrative state. And one is the fact that we have deficits as far as the eye can see. Instead of being one and a half trillion, it's going to be three trillion dollars per year at the end of this 10 years. And so we are seeing the Biden spending coming back to haunt us, and we've got to take it on. And I think things are going to start to heat up. You haven't heard the debt limit in the last few weeks, uh, but he talked about it as much, because what happened was after Speaker McCarthy had to agree to share power with House conservatives, the Democrats went into hurry-up offense to kind of convince conservative incorporated, let's have a fight about Social Security and Medicare. They were unsuccessful. The war room Cooler heads prevailed, and we are not having a fight on Social Security and Medicare. And you're now starting to see the Democrats get their bearings a little bit about where this fight's going to be. It's going to be on woke and weaponized bureaucracy, defunding it. We're going to force people to talk about taking money away from the NIH and Tony Fauci and gain-of-function research and CDC spending billions of dollars on, on diseases that everyone knows the answer to and not fighting spending money on fighting actual real diseases. And so we know all the things that need to be defunded. We have culturally responsive learning at the Department of Education. You know what that is? That's not doing grading anymore. That's not having back to school nights because it makes people uncomfortable. It's not having metal detectors in unsafe schools. So we're going to force these cultural issues in which the bureaucracy is arrayed against the American people and that's going to begin to heat up. And I, I expect you're going to see House conservatives out there leading on behalf of the House Republican caucus and force this fight over the next several months so that we're putting pressure on the Biden administration to come up with the neighborhood of $3 trillion, $4 trillion. I think it's going to be, and it's important, the cuts have to be enacted. This town's going to want to separate it. This town's going to say, okay, we passed the debt limit, a bunch of promises. No, 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 no. It has to be cuts enacted during the summer, and those have to be done before there's any conversation about moving a debt limit. And Biden has to be part of the ensuring that these get through the United States Senate. Okay, I just want to make sure we're going to go to break, and Russ is going to stay with us for a little while in the next segment. But Russ, I just want to make sure and go back because you laid out the battle plan. You had the they took the gavel away from us with the with the um, with the omnibus, right? They took the gavel. Uh, they took the gavel away from us now. But in this process of regular order, where we're doing twelve different appropriations, uh, work on twelve different appropriations segments to come into one appropriations bill. No more continuing resolution. No more kicking the can down the road. 
September 30th in the fiscal year. We'll have it all done by then. As we go down, you say we must have we must have a down payment on this as big cuts, significant cuts now in this year, period zero in this year right now. Then once we know what that is, then we start the debt ceiling negotiation and that will take place in June or July. Is that is that the battle plan? I'm saying that they need to pass. They need to defund the administrative uh, state in June and July. And before you, the wow. Senate ever has, like, what, what does Biden need? Biden needs the debt limit increased. That's, that's what he needs. What do Republicans need? We need to defund woke and weaponized bureaucracy. That has to be front and center in June and July when the debt limit is being considered and not in the fall. What this town's going to want to do, what the cartel's going to want to do, is they're going to say, okay, we'll take your debt limit increase. No, 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 no. That's not the way it's going to work. And then they want to get to the pack, to the end of the fiscal year and say, oh, we don't have the votes to pass your cuts to, to the administrative okay. state. That's what we need to prevent at all okay, costs and yeah. to go on offense early. Okay, hang on. I got to keep you through the break. I hope this audience – because the lobbyists that, that watch this show and report back to their paymasters understand what Rose laid out. If the same way that we focus on the CCP and the true war, right, that we're fighting, this is a radical shift in the, the processes this town runs on. This town's into a habit. That habit is to cause these mini crises in the budget, get passed up to September 30th, have to pass CRs, then come back in some massive omnibus and just have the Federal Reserve pay for it. What Russ Vogt is saying, no, 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 no. We're going to pull that process all the way up till now. And we're going to face like adults. We're going to look and make these cuts in June and July and pass those bills and then talk about the debt limit. All next in the war room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. You know, and going out to Oklahoma City, and we just love the folks out there. And that museum, I'm telling you, we got to make that, that that's got to be a destination resort, a destination location for family. Dump Disneyland, dump the woke, and go to see what the pioneer spirit and the frontier spirit is absolutely amazing. But it was a tough trip. We didn't get back, I think, to three or four in the morning. We finally got back here, given the weather. But I was bright and bushy tail and ready to hit it. All day Sunday. Why? Because of the, the products of MyPillow. MyPillow.com. Sleep the sleep of the just and do it on a MyPillow 2.0. Buy one, get one free. Go to MyPillow.com. Promo code WARROOM. Do it today. You need that great sleep. Do it today. Go there. Check it out. You got the square. You get all the sales, all the buy one, get one free, and the big launch of the MyPillow 2.0. Buy one, get one free. If you think the MyPillow, the original pillow, helped you, this is a game changer. Next level. So, Russ, vote. first of all, Russ, I, I haven't had your. Do, do you agree with the CBO that basically they outlined that it's, and you called it, $1.4 trillion or $2 trillion deficit this year, $2 trillion going in perpetuity, then $3 trillion starting in 20. And in 20 years, we've, in 10 years, we've added another $19 trillion on conservative assumptions, and we're at over $50 trillion. I mean, the country's over. Is that what we're looking at unless we enact your plan, sir? Yeah, precisely. I mean, that's where we're looking at. And one of the, the silver linings in there is that they, their numbers get a lot worse because inflation is, becomes rampant in their numbers. So you have to have these colas that are, are built into current law. But if we get ahead of this, we have a chance to change the directory. And here's, I know there's skepticism out there. 
why is this fight going to be like anything else? We've ramped up before to stop the omnibus bill. Here's why it's different. We have to remember there is now a power sharing agreement in place in which House conservatives have the key block on both the appropriations committee, that's the spending committee, and the rules committee, which is the procedure in the House. Those are the two central committees that the cartel used to own. They still own largely in D.C., but not in the House of Representatives. And so we have an opportunity, the American people, through the 20, through House conservatives, we have an opportunity to, to frame this fight in a way that you can actually win. Previously, we'd spent all this time building the fight only to have John Boehner and Paul Ryan run it into a cul-de-sac. Now we have an opportunity because our conservatives have seats at the table, not just to have their voice listened to, but to have actual procedural power to be able to dictate terms. That's what's different about this. And over the next several weeks and months, you're going to see a fight against woke and weaponized bureaucracy to be able to defund and be able to turn the fiscal house around. We need to link the two, the finances that's leading the debt in our country and the woke and weaponized bureaucracy that's oppressing us, whether that's Department of Health and Human Services, whether that's Department of, of Education, wherever that is, and we have seen it, we see it with examples of the administrative state constantly, that needs to be defunded. And I think you're going to see a big fight over that in the next several weeks. Several weeks, and then um, there'll be other announcements, and then we get this done before they go. They love their breaks. Before they go to the August summer recess, all the appropriations is done. It's passed, and we're done. At the ta- ta- then you do the debt ceiling fight, and, and you hammer that home. That That's the architecture of our critical path here, right? That's the architecture. Force the cut on it. woke organized bureaucracy early in the summer. Don't let them uh, go into prevent defense into the fall. Prioritization of payments, too. Remember, Russ Vote did this. Russ was the guy with President Trump. I think it was June of 17. Did the did, he started running the numbers of how hey the cash comes in you're not you're 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 not going to affect the credit rating of the United States one iota. There's plenty of cash to pay interest, plenty, plenty of cash to pl- pay uh, any face amount that comes due, plenty of cash to pay Medicare, plenty of cash to pay Social Security. No, don't let the Democrats uh, fear mongering this. We got this, Russ. Amazing work. And by the way, the Washington Post story was actually, it, as though, although they took a number of shots, it was really, they got to the, to the how you're the intellectual ar- architect of this. Russ, how do people get to your center and, and particularly get into the details? I want them to go to your site and get all the information they need because, ladies and gentlemen, this audience is going to have to saddle up. It's one of the reasons I want everybody at CPAC. Schlapp's going to be here in a second and talk about it. You want woke and what? You want the woke out of your life? You want the weaponization of your government of your life? Yes, we're having these investigations, and that's the church committee. We, 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 we forced that. We wanted that. But you've got to cut off the money. You've got to cut off the oxygen. This is the two-prong. This is the pincer movement on the administrative state. Russ, how do they get to you and your social media? You can go to americarenewing.com, and there's a particular tab on just the budget that folks can get up to speed on this. And all the social medias, it's at Russ Vote. And the next immediate phase, you're going to see in the next week or two, there's only a couple of stories thus far that have done it, where the Democrats go after Republicans fighting cultural wars and call us all racist. But they tried to do this with CRT. They were unsuccessful. They don't know what to do strategically because after the CRT, we as a movement don't get blown off of, of, of the front lines by the fact that they just call us names. 
now it's going to be incumbent to make sure House Republicans, who have been largely uh, avoided this fight, are in the same place that that people going to school boards have been, which is, you're going to call me a racist? That, that's not going to phase me. That's going to be where this fight is over the next week or two. But I think that we're going to be able to get past it with the support of the folks that are watching into your program today. Russ, thank you. Uh, real quickly, how do they get to you on Twitter and Getter and all these other places? At Russ Vote on all of the, the social media channels. Russ, thank you. Honored to have you on here. Thank you. Appreciate Thanks. it. Uh, Grace and Captain Ben, let's get all the links. I want people to immerse themselves now in this budget. Matt Schlapp joins us, the chairman of CPAC and the ACU. Matt, uh, the reason I want to have Russ on first, I think it's one of the major themes of CPAC. This yep. year, and this is why... Matt, you've done these success in Florida thing, but it was time to come back to the imperial capital because this is where we got to lance the boil. And part of your big theme is woke, the wokeness, woke and the weaponization of our government. And that's why I think what vote is working on is a way to cut off the auction. Tell us about tell us about CPAC. Why is it important for everybody as much as they distaste the city? And I get that. <laughs> why we have to come back and have a gathering of the tribes here to have a partners discussion, sir. Well, we're, you know, we believe in building a wall, Stephen. We're building like larger walls around our home because it's like, I don't think anybody, I can understand why people don't want to come to Washington, D.C. It's a big, broken, bankrupt, blue city. But here's the deal. It's our capital, too. And we must reclaim it. And we have all these Republicans now, all these conservatives in the House of Representatives that are literally changing our history. And they need to hear from us. And the media wants to write the story that CPAC is on the decline, that Donald Trump is on the decline, that conservatism is on the decline, and that America is on the incline because it's embracing socialism, communism, and all the rest. And we've got, we've got to do that. And specifically on what Russ is talking about in the battle on woke is everybody needs to understand, you know, I'm 55, I've been doing this my whole adult life. Never before have we been in a position to change what's accepted by the Republican Party, that they just must go along with all this spending and they must go along with whatever the will of the swamp is. And then you try to kind of tinker at the edges and then you have the big spending Republicans that come in and say, well, we'll let you have all of your stuff, but then we just want a little bit of stuff for our states and maybe a little bit more for the Pentagon. But that model has to be smashed. That model is gonna lead us to uh, be destroyed as a country economically. And I think we all know that inflation is destroying families uh, every day when they try to buy the staples. So this is front and center in CPAC, which is why our theme is protecting America now. That means a lot of things, but it starts with stopping the insanity coming out of the bureaucracy. You, you do agree that we just can't. I gave this talk in Oklahoma City and I said, hey, the, some people run around with unity, unity, unity. That just means that's, just, that's no. kicking the can down the road. That's just yeah, uncompromising. No. We need victory. We're that's on the true. cusp of it. We're on the side of the righteous. We've got this. We just have to be tougher, more focused. That's what's so great about what you're doing at CPAC this year, that you agree. We, if we compromise now, it's game over. The CBO just shows you that. The CBO report, the CBO is not some right wing. Uh, it's not out of no. Gateway Pundit or Breitbart, right? It's, it's, it's probably center left, but they're sitting there in the New York Times on the front page. It's not sustainable. We're at the end. We're at the end. We're in the cul-de-sac, Schlapp. We got to, no, we got to fight and we got to stop this now. And look, we did this a bit in 2008, and you're the guy who comes from the financial markets, but what ended up happening is the credit rating agencies then went to Congress and started mandating tax increases. And so we can see where this thing goes. It's going to go to all the opposite things that could solve our problems. And in the short term, if you talk to people like Kevin Hassett, 
who are going to be on our stage uh, at CPAC here in a couple days. If we don't cut federal spending now, there's no way out of this uh, inflation whirlpool that is spiraling the American family down. And uh, so it has to start with that spending restraint. And the only way that's going to happen is if these 20 people who stood up in the House of Representatives link arms with those in leadership who are willing to make this fight, and they actually push back against the Senate and the big spending Republicans in the Senate. And that's going to mean brinksmanship. And I'm sorry, brinksmanship is not unity, Steve. Brinksmanship is we are going to lead the intellectual argument about how we get our fiscal house in order. It's going to be conservatives who are going to do that. And the rest of the Republican Party better come along, because if they don't, we're not going to have a Republican Party anymore. There's no more time to keep talking about, well, like you say, kick the can. We'll get this done down the road. There is no more road to kick the can down. We have to do this now. And, uh, and, and CPAC is happening at a great time to be able to explain why that's so critical. Who give me some of the uh, some of the bigger names we haven't had a chance to mention? Give me some of the. We got about a minute, and I want to hold you through the break for a second. Well, I want to break some, some news here. Names. I want to break some news here that a lot of us have been reading about James O'Keefe at Project Veritas, and we're trying to figure out what's going on there. Uh, and uh, I've been talking with James. James is going to come. So a war room exclusive. Uh, if you want to come, root on uh-huh. not only all of all of us who get the the sharp end of the stick and the horns from the left, but James O'Keefe is really getting it. And I think we all need to be there for James. And I think everyone's going to want to hear what he has to say. Oh, wow. So James, James O'Keefe, but breaking news, James O'Keefe is coming to CPAC. I want everybody, this is incredible because we got to be there in, in person. That was back. Matt, if you can just hang on for one second, there's a couple sure. other things I want to um, talk about as far as speakers. Matt Schlapp joins us. John Solomon, one of the old combat vets in the information war, has got a uh, – it's telling us, I think, why Biden is not announcing for president yet. John Solomon is going to be here and explain it all to you from Real America's Voice and Just the News. And we're going to finish up with a uh, some hope from Ben Burkwan at the churches in uh, East Palestine. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bann. Okay. Welcome back. Uh, Matt Schlapp joins us. Matt, two things. One, the the Hill newspaper, the lead story was about how at CPAC you're going to have Nikki Haley make her case, right, which she definitely should, uh, into the participants there. And then Trump's coming in. The president's coming in on Saturday. Walk me through that, because I think that's one of the two two of the most important things that CPAC can do this year is, number one, do the whole spectrum of that, because people got to hear it. I'm all for, you know, people coming and talking and all that. And number two. We're firing off the football, as you've seen, for, for what vote is what's going to change the country. The first thing to change the country is the first week of January to make sure that we had Freedom Caucus, the conservatives, the Trump movement with a note of power in both rules for procedures and appropriations. Uh, now it's to it's to crystallize that coming out of here where where the heads are of the base to have people's back. Because what Russ vote, I just That's want to right. tell people what Russ vote laid out on that process Hey, there's a lot between the cup and the lip in that. Now we finally have a plan. The execution of that plan is going to be one of the hardest things you've ever seen because the big money, the cartel, is going to come in and say, okay, you know, Russ Vote, Matt Schlapp, Steve Bannon, the guys at REV, that, that's nice. That's interesting. We don't care what the grassroots has to say. Matt Schlapp. Yeah, so twofold. The first thing is CPAC has a long tradition of giving people who want to be the president of the United States get this Republican nomination Give them the chance to make their case. I think Nikki Haley is making the case that age matters and 
you know, we need a new generation of leadership, and she's got more of that neocon voice uh, of interventionism. We're going to see what the CPAC crowd thinks about that. The millions listening and the thousands in the chair. And then we're going to have the straw poll. We're going to ask them questions about, do we want to go back to the neocon Republican Party or is America first the way to go? So these are questions we have to do in a public way uh, and get to resolution. I have a feeling I know where people are going to come down, by the way. Vivek Ramaswamy is also going to speak. This is this young guy who's made a whole bunch of money uh, in healthcare, and now he wants to be the president. And he's running on a non-woke agenda. And I love that agenda. And I think it's important to hear from him. But then you have this next piece, which is there's going to be no conservative movement or Republican Party if the Republicans we gave power to in the House are the white flag party. It's all over, Steve. If we can't walk through the two years leading up to, the, to uh, retaking the White House with some plan where we make some change in the historical norms on what we're able to get with that House majority, we won't be able to put this back together. So what Russ is talking about is right. And then obviously the next step is taking back the White House, because unfortunately in the imperial city, in the imperial government, if you don't have the White House, you don't have that much because Republicans won't hold on to the power of the purse. That's the first step. Hold on to what the Constitution gives you with that majority in the House. It doesn't give you everything, but it gives you the ability to do certain things. And we got to take those steps. So I, I think, you know, uh, Kevin McCarthy is not coming to CPAC. I wish he would. But I think Elise Stefanik and other members of leadership who are coming, the key is work closely with the base of the party. Work closely with those CPAC activists. Give hope to people that when they vote for them, it, it can really make a change in things. And when you do that, you're setting the stage to getting that White House back. Incredible. Uh, how can people still get tickets? And wh- when is it going to be? How do they get there? And, and where can they still get tickets? Because you can't miss this. Particularly if you're in so the Atlantic C- region, you, you got to make this. There's a CPAC discount. Um, you can take advantage of it if you go to CPAC.org. Um, and uh, and Steve's, got, Steve's able team is going to put that right up on the screen, as I'm seeing right now. Uh, you can still get your tickets. I will tell you that all the media booths are sold out. All the convention space is sold out. A lot of the premium tickets are are selling out uh, as we speak, but there's still tickets available. It's going to be a very big CPAC, which to me I was worried about. I didn't know if people would, would come back into D.C. and uh, and even hang out because they think it's unsafe. They don't like the fact that people are still in prison from J6, et cetera. And, uh, but they're coming because they know, hey, Steve, if we don't make the fight right now, there's going to be no fight to make. Got to make it. Uh, Matt, what's your social media? At M. Schlapp on everything. And I'm re- by the way, Steve, I'm okay, reemerging. Thank Don't you. worry. Yeah. I'm reemerging. <laughs> I knew it wouldn't be long. Uh, by the way, so this place is going to be packed. We want everybody there. We're going to be doing four days of live with all the Real America Voice team. You get to meet everybody. So make sure you go cpac.org slash worm and get your discount. Matt Schlapp, thank you very much. Look forward to seeing you Thanks, in a couple Steve. of days. Looking forward to seeing you in a couple of days. Okay. Thanks, brother. Uh, Solomon. I, I got to talk to Sig. Uh, now, Parker runs the deal, so I got to talk to Parker. I, I got to go back with you and do a special that goes all your reporting from the beginning of the Ukraine thing. Because this weekend, now, brother, now the Chinese Communist Party is, is our number one enemy. It's the big enemy, yeah. all, because of, all because of what they're doing in Ukraine. This Ukraine thing makes no sense to me whatsoever. John Solomon's going to have to explain it to me from the beginning. <laughs> we got to go back in time. You know, it's it's we got to do this. It's it's incredible. But Politico has this huge story up this morning about how the Democrats can't get their messaging right on China, on the CCP, and they and they're pointing to Biden. He can't get it right. 
Well, John Solomon, I think one of the reasons he can't get it right might have something to do with their business activity and their financial compromise. You've got a story up on, on Just the News about, and I think this gives the hesitancy for why he hasn't announced definitively on the yeah. run for the presidency, right, which he wanted to do in Ukraine or around the Ukraine anniversary. Solomon, he's got some choppy waterhead because of people who are coming forward. Am I incorrect on that, sir? You are 100% correct. And let's remember, he started his 2020 campaign in the fall of 2019, looking into the camera and saying, China is not our enemy. They're not our competition. They're not bad people. He was wrong on all three accounts. And at the moment he said it, all the intelligence, including the things that the Pacific uh, Fleet admirals were saying, what the CIA was saying, was clearly contradicting that. So why would Joe Biden make a statement that is clearly not supported by the moment of intelligence that he made it in because his family had so much to profit from in China. CEFC, uh, the Hennages turning over of an American automaker manufacturer with sensitive technology. Hunter gives that to, helps the Chinese get their hands on that. The investment deal aboard Air Force Two in, in 2013. The Biden family has been over a barrel on China for most of the last decade. And it all began, it all begins with a conversation that Hunter, uh, that Joe Biden had with Hunter Biden's business partner, a guy named Eric Schwerwin, who is now cooperating with uh, uh, Comer's committee. This is a big, major witness who has flipped to the Republican side. In 2010, he's only a year into his vice presidency, Joe Biden, according to the email that Eric Schwerwin sends Hunter Biden in the spring of 2010, Joe Biden wants to explore his earnings potential. Though he's in the White House, he's looking to score uh, some private money, and it's that conversation <laughs> That sets Hunter Biden to Russia, to China, to Ukraine, to Kazakhstan, uh, to Romania, looking for money that the Biden family can cash in. And the great honeypot they hit is China. Two names you've been bringing up, but it, 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 Bobolinsky and Sh uh, was a Sharon. Sh Sharon's yeah, the right. lawyer. Of Sh Sharon. Why is he? Why is he such a big deal? And if you're the if you and this by the way this this is why Abby Lowell and these guys do these ridiculous letters out to us the 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 team you know yeah. the laptop from hell team trying trying to right. back us off <laughs> she's not going to back off yeah. but now you see what their strategy is this must chill them this must this must chill them to the core of their being of who they hear are cooperating with the House John Solomon. Yeah, Eric Schwerwin was the president of Rosemont Seneca, the main firm that Hunter Biden ran most of his foreign business deals through. And he's at the intersection of Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. He's one of the few Hunter Biden business partners that has regular contact with Joe Biden. In 2010, he's uh, telling Hunter Biden the bills that Joe Biden uh, had paid by Hunter. Hunter actually pays some of Joe Biden's bills, uh, funnels some of that business money to cover Joe Biden's bills. Eric Schwerin creates a nice email that lays out all the different things that Joe Biden got benefit from his son. In uh, the summer of 2010, uh, he's helping do Joe Biden's taxes in addition to Hunter Biden's taxes. And he says, your dad owes you money. He's deferring his Delaware tax refund to your account. That email's in there. Joe Biden giving money back to his son. They did commingle their finances. By 2015, he's the guy in the middle trying to help Hunter Biden score this deal with CEFC, the big China energy firm. He's the guy that tells Hunter Biden 
Biden, hey, in 2016, you didn't pay your taxes on all that money you collected in Ukraine from Burisma Holdings. We got to get right on that. You need to declare the income and make a payment. He's at the intersection of Hunter Biden's taxes, Joe Biden's taxes, and many of the foreign business deals. And his cooperation with James Comer and the House Oversight Committee is a really big deal. Comer said he could be one of the most substantial witnesses that the committee uses as a roadmap for figuring out how the influence peddling scheme went on inside the Biden family. John, this is your line of country, uh, Comer and the oversight, you know, because we had the Benghazi situation. We've had some situations that yeah. let people off the hook. Given your professional uh, knowledge and instincts and savvy and just experience, do you think Congressman Comer is up to it? Do you think they have the staff? Do you, do you like directionally where they're going? I do. They're following the money. They're following the witnesses. They're taking the old mob approach, which is roll up small witnesses, get them to go up to the next guy and just keep rolling your way up to the top, the top being Joe Biden. And they have the real focus, right? They're not going to focus on Hunter Biden and the photos and the crack pipes. It's all salacious stuff, but it doesn't really get you. What really matters is how compromised is Joe Biden? How much did he lie to us? And how much did he get rich off of his son's CD business deals? They're focused on the top prize and they're pursuing it like mob investigators, prosecutors do. That's the right way. Benghazi was a sort of a scattershot. You never knew what the committee was focused on. The report was unfocused. Their hearings were unfocused. This committee is very focused. There's only one issue that matters. What did Joe Biden know? How much did he get for it? And how compromised is he? And they are really zeroed in on that. Thus far, they're off to a very strong start, particularly getting Eric Schwerin. When you look at the story I did on Saturday, all the intersections that Eric Schwerin has with Joe and Hunter Biden is really at the heart of this scandal. Getting him in the fold early is a big win for the entire Congress and the American people. Uh Solomon, we got about a minute or so. Just help me out here, because uh, you've done more work here than anybody. I can't figure out, you know, now that uh, Zelensky announces he's going to Crimea, uh, at the same yeah. time he wants a meeting with Xi, they're rubbing up. Now now China all of a sudden is front and center. They dropped the Wuhan lab thing over the weekend they've had yeah. for three years. Um, what is it about you? There's, not, there's something that's not rational about this Ukraine thing that I can't follow. Mm. There's something... I don't want to say dark or devious. You know, you got all the stuff, other people we know that, that put this stuff out. But you're the best. What is it about Ukraine that has the Biden apparatus and the national security state so maniacally focused? Like it's it's almost like they're trying to take California or they're trying to take uh, the Commonwealth of Virginia and North Carolina. I've never seen anything like this in my life. Yeah, it's a great question. It was the Democrats' party's piggy bank. There are all sorts of oligarchs that were cashing in. It wasn't just Zolchevsky, the guy Burisma giving to Hunter Biden. There's all sorts of people in Ukraine that give to Hillary Clinton, to the Democratic Party. There are people associated with Ukraine that give to Adam Schiff. It has been a foreign piggy bank for Democratic political causes for more than a decade, and they have these alliances. They've got to protect them. And the entire relationship goes south with Russia. Remember, Hillary and Joe were going to reboot Russia, and then it failed badly. It goes south when the United States under Barack Obama and Joe Biden tried to uh, uh, throw out the popularly elected president who was too close to Russia in 2014. The, what the war we're in today begins with the U.S. meddling in that election back in 2014, and we've never recovered from it. So Joe Biden has a lot of dirt, dark, dirt secrets in Ukraine that he doesn't want out there. Real quickly, do you think both the Ukraine situation or what we're unearthing and what's going to happen at these at the House oversight is one of the reasons he may be delaying announcing his run? 
It could very well be. I think there's a lot of concern about what Hunter Biden's strategy is going to be, how they're going to weather this, what's about to come. And next week, we're going to see how much of the impeachment testimony against Donald Trump turned out to be false. That's the story I'm working on now. But imagine if that was yet wow. another ruse like all the other things we've seen. Wow. John Solomon, how do people get to you? The show follows us at 6 o'clock. How do they get to you on social media? Yeah, it's such an honor to be on your show. Uh, Jay Solomon Reports is the, all the, the social handle at justthenews.com. John Solomon, the best, the toughest uh, investigative reporter in the Imperial Capital. It's just the news, not the noise. Okay, a short break. I know, so unlike the war room, we're going to finish upbeat. We're going to finish upbeat. Next, from East Palestine, Ohio. Arrived, the new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Um, our, our friend um, Ben Berkwam is here with his, his wife Lily and their, their children, uh, Chloe, and is it Olivia? Olivia, yeah, we got to spend time. Ben, would you come down? I, w- I want him to pray. He, he's with, he's crying already, him and my wife, good grief. He's with Real America's Voice, um, Steve Banning and Charlie Kirk and all those people. Would you welcome him? And I want him to just share whatever's on his heart. And then if you would, uh, you feel led to pray over the region, over this, this area, and whatever God wants you to say, and then, uh, then we're going to pray for you. Okay. Would you welcome him again? Thank you. Uh, just uh, first off, I got to say we showed up yesterday. I could feel the Holy Spirit as I walked in the, in the building. And when I heard that the traffic attendant was this guy, I just said, you know, there's something special going on here. Uh, I travel all over the country, my beautiful wife. It's Vili, but it's close enough with a V. Yeah, Vili, but uh, I'm so blessed with the girls. And uh, we see a lot of things. We were just in Asbury last week, and, and you, you, you see how dark the world is getting. And, and especially in my industry and in media, everything is is going evil. I mean, it's just darkness, darkness, darkness. And we travel the country, and man, I see a lot of light. I see it in the I see it in the faces, and, and it's you guys. It's the it's it's the body of Christ. And I just want to I just want to lift you guys up and and bless you and pray a special blessing, especially over the kids and this next generation. What God has planned, what the enemy want, means for evil, God is going to raise up. They, he is raising up some dragon slayers. I met one of them in, in Asbury. A mom came up to me and she said, this is my daughter. She's a dragon slayer. And I said, praise the Lord. That's what we need. We need dragon slayers across this nation because there's dragons out there. But we have the Prince of Peace and the King of Kings, and there's no dragon that can stop him. Lord, I bring this, this community to you. Lord, they are, they are struggling. East Palestine, Lord, we, we raise up the families that don't know uh, what's going to happen. The unknown, Lord, it's scary. But it's known to you, Lord. There is no unknown to you, Lord.
Okay, we now bring you uh, Ben Burkwam and Pastor Jeff. Uh, ben, uh, tell us what's going on out there. Very inspirational, sir. Golly, Steve. Uh, no, it is. Um, it got me got me tearing up again on this. So I'm here at the, the church in New Waterford, just outside. We're five minutes away from East Palestine. And this is the church where they, uh, the train company uh, Norfolk Southern has been set up to provide assistance for the community. And I, 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 when we drove in here, I have my family, they're in the car with me right now. And I, we drove into the parking lot and I could feel the Holy Spirit here. And I, you know, in, in, in this darkness, as we went inside, I met this woman inside who I found out was the pastor's head, lead pastor's wife. And she said, yeah, my husband's outside directing traffic. That's this guy that I pointed to on stage, uh, Jeff Shoke, the pastor here. And I felt Man, I just felt it. And, and Steve, this is the thing we have to remember. In, in all of this darkness, what the enemy wants for, uh, means for evil, God will use for good. And even in tragedies like this and disasters like this, the enemy wants you to be fearful. The enemy wants you to be afraid. And God says he wants you to have faith. Yes. And I just want to open this up to you, Pastor. Uh, your message to the people of America, to the people of East Palestine. Go ahead. Yeah, well, yeah, we get to shine light in the middle of darkness. And we've been here uh, doing this for this is our fourth week, opening our doors uh, for the people to be able to come here and get some reimbursement for some of their uh, some of their expenses that they've had. And uh, yeah, we we are we're so prepared for this. We have a word every year. Can I tell about yeah, the word? Yes. We have a word every year for our church uh, in January. I unveiled the word and it was called invite the stranger. Uh, based on the passage where Jesus says, uh, you know, invite the stranger. When, when, what we do for the least of these, you've done for me. And uh, and our building has been inundated with strangers. Uh, toward the end of last week, I think the count that they had as far as number, number of people served had, in this building had been about 7, 000, almost 7,000. And that's certainly increased since then. So, you know, the Holy Spirit... <laughs> obviously set up this word for us. He, he knew all about this before it ever happened. And we just have the privilege of opening our doors. Our part is so easy, actually. We open the doors and say, hey, point them the way. And in the process, sometimes we get to pray with somebody. Sometimes we get to put water in their car. Sometimes we get to put dog food in their hand. Whatever it is that they need, we've, we've had it. So. And if I can just say this, if people want to help, uh, this is one of the things, Steve, that I've seen all over the, that we're hearing from this. You know, a lot of people I was interviewing in town said, you know, they didn't get any help from the government. Uh, they didn't get any help anywhere else, but they got help from their neighbor. If people want to help, how can they do that, Pastor? Yeah, well, it's so many people have come out to just contribute all kinds of things that they may have needed at this time. And, and so, uh, really, they just have to show up at one of the places where those things are. Some of them are here. Some of them are, are at buildings in East Palestine. Some of them are, are, are a little further away in the community where I live in Salem. If, but if they want to give, if you oh. see Americans across this country that, that aren't here. Yeah, well, there's uh, they can they can give to, uh, I don't know if there's a, actually a, a, a clearinghouse where they have all those numbers available. A lot of people, are, they can call here and we can direct them. Our phone number here, I don't even know what our public phone number, 330-457-7317. So that's probably the best number to, to call to kind of get those directions because I don't, I don't have those at, at yeah. hand, you know. So, yeah, because people want to Perfect. give financially. We're not necessarily taking financial donations ourselves yeah. because we want it to get directly we're, to the people, yeah. and we don't want to be the, the clearinghouse we'll for give, that. We'll, so. get, we'll give all the number. We'll, we'll get that number out and get our thing. Real quickly, Ben, you were at yeah. Asbury University in Kentucky. Do you feel that the Holy Spirit is now in, in, in East Palestine and in uh, New Borderford? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. A hundred percent. Steve, I can't. I can't. I, it, it, I feel it so much. I walked in the building and I started crying. I mean, that like I didn't even talk to anybody. I, I literally walked through the doors and I started crying. 
God is here. The Holy Spirit is here. And he's not just here. He's moving across this country. He's going to be at CPAC. He is everywhere. He is raising up a generation for such a time as this. And in the darkness, his light shines even brighter. And you, Steve, are part of that light. We are part of that light. And God is coming. He's here. Ben. Uh, Pastor Jeff, Pastor Mark, who's working the camera, yes. thank you guys so much. Look forward to coming back to you. Ben Burkwam, you keep grinding, okay? Ben Burkwam. Thank you, sir. Thank Charlie you. Kirk follows next. Get, get, I want to get up all Ben's uh, social media so you can follow him today on Real America's Voice. Charlie Kirk, the populist nationalist, follows us next. We're going to be back here from 5 to 7, and the entire 6 o'clock show is going to be about this issue of infiltration of the Chinese Communist Party in every aspect of American life and what we must do now, the economic warfare we must do immediately to take down the CCP. See you next.